Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The reading is from Micah 6, 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent you before, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. All oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Come, Holy Spirit, and light our hearts with the fire and the joy of your love. Amen. So a week ago on Saturday, I was at an event that our synod, the Greater Milwaukee Synod, put on over at a church in Menominee Falls. And it was focused on work that our churches and the Synod are doing around authentic diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so there was lots of conversation all day about how how do we as church, both as individuals and as congregations and as Synod together and ELCA in general, how do we as church include all of God's children especially LGBTQIA plus folks, people of different races and backgrounds? How do we authentically include and value people of all identities? Veterans, we talked about, people with disabilities, different income levels, ages. How do we work together in Jesus' name and have it be Jesus' fault to dismantle systems of discrimination and oppression so that all truly are welcome? I was listening to all this, thinking these are all really important conversations to have, and it's easy to find, far easier than I wish it was, easy to find heartbreaking stories of people who've been excluded from churches, even ones that claim to be welcoming. And I'm glad these conversations are happening. I know this work is valuable, but I'll be brutally honest with you. I caught myself at one point on Saturday morning listening to a speaker and thinking, you know, this is all great. This is not what my congregation needs right now. I need strategies on how to get young families in the door and pick music that everybody will like and encourage people to give more money to pay for things like furnaces. And again, it's a synod event 
with lots of churches represented. So there were some churches advertising some stuff they're doing. I saw a poster inviting congregations to send representatives to a workshop about how to form a creation care team in your congregation to work on environmental issues. I thought, again, that's great. What a nice idea. Churches should be doing that. I don't know that we have time or energy to form another team or committee. And I caught myself thinking, of course churches ought to take care of creation. Of course we ought to oppose racism. We are opposed to racism. What does all this have to do with me and the people that I'm serving? Is this what we should be spending our time and energy on? I'm sitting there thinking this on Saturday morning, right before lunch, and I thought about this reading we have this weekend. I ran right into this reading from Micah. I know this reading. Some of you are familiar with this reading. I love this reading. Kristen and I had this verse in mind when we named our child. I like Micah, but boy, is his message challenging. I'm going to diverge a bit, give you a little background on Micah. Micah the prophet is living during a really interesting time in Israel. It's about 700 years before Jesus is born, so we're about 700 BC. And there is a lot of religion happening in Israel. This is the culture. There's not so much personal faith or actual following of God's commandments, but there is a lot of religion going on. And it's working out really well for the people in charge. And the priests and the political leaders are very happy to worship every day, to worship a God who approves of everything that they do. And when you, when you do it right, religion can be a really good tool for turning a prophet and keeping people happy, right? Especially when you decide God approves of everything that I'm doing. And then, as happens from time to time in Israel's history, this annoying prophet shows up with a message from God. And according to Micah, God is not happy with the situation. And I want to share, a, listen to a few verses from chapter 3. Listen, you heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, should you not know justice, you who hate the good and love the evil, who tear the skin off my people and the flesh off their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, flay their skin off of them, break their bones in pieces and chop them up like meat in a kettle, like flesh in a cauldron. Micah is not happy. <laughs> this is a graphic image of how the corruption of the leaders is consuming the people. And then Micah lays out some specifics, a little less metaphor, more particulars. He says, Israel's rulers give judgment for a bribe. Its priests teach for a price. Its prophets give oracles for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, surely the Lord is with us. No harm will come upon us. This is a self-serving, blatant distortion of God's promise to be with and watch over God's people. And the section we read today from chapter 6, moving ahead a little bit, is sort of a courtroom drama. It's a courtroom scene. And Micah lays out God's case against the people, reminding them of what the Lord has done for them in the past. I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of slavery. And then Micah asks, what happened? Why have you forgotten what God has done for you? Why have you turned away? And to their credit, as Micah makes his case, the people seem to realize that they've done wrong. They get it, sort of. They get that they've sinned, 
They recognize they've turned their relationship with God into a self-serving religion. And so they ask, okay, what is it God wants from us? What kind of sacrifice will satisfy God? What's going to make up for what we've done? What's the fine we need to pay to make God happy with us again? What sort of worship should we do to convince God to bless us? And when God answers, when God's verdict comes in this courtroom, it is not what they are expecting. The verdict is not, well, give me this offering. Give me an extra 20% of what you have. Prepare this particular sacrifice. Do this new thing. No. Instead, Micah says, God has told you what is good. You know what you're supposed to do. There's no shortcut. There's nothing you can give in exchange. You can't write a check or put a price tag on God's love. What God wants, what God requires of you is simple. Your whole life. And you know how God wants you to live. Do justice. Love mercy. Love kindness. Walk humbly with your God. Their old version of the religious life where they claimed to follow God, but not at the expense of their own comfort, of course, not if it interfered with their own interests, that version isn't going to cut it anymore. That's not what God's looking for. Faith cannot just be lip service one day of the week. God is claiming their entire lives. Instead of oppressing the poor around them, instead of seeing their neighbors as economic opportunities, they are supposed to do justice, treat people with kindness, as fellow humans made in God's image. And of course, doing justice is much more than simply not cheating your neighbors. It talks a lot about not cheating your neighbors, but it's more than that. It's more than not taking bribes against the innocent, like the psalm said. This is not a theme unique to Micah. It was in our psalm, too. It's all over the Bible. This is an active command. Do justice. Some translations say, seek justice. And I actually really like seek justice. I think that word seek going out, finding. It makes clear this is about going out, out of our comfort zones, doing something, pursuing opportunities to help others. It's not passive. Doing something. Seek justice. Look for opportunities to shine God's light. This is our mission. This is what we are here for. If we are not interested in justice, if we are not working for inclusion, standing up for the poor and the disenfranchised, if we are not fighting for people who don't have a voice, then beloved siblings in Christ, what are we doing here? What is the point? What difference are we making? It's true as one or two congregations, as individual people, we can't do everything ourselves. We're called to different aspects of this. I'm not saying we need to have a committee for every single cause you can think of. That's why we have partners, right? The church is bigger than us. During Lent, we're going to hear a little bit more about some of the projects our synod partners are doing, how we can support their work for the things that we can't do on our own. But as I said, last week, when I found myself wondering, does all this stuff about inclusion and climate and justice and disability and veterans and all this, does it really matter right now for our congregations? These are the verses I ran into. What does the Lord want from you? 
What does the Lord require of us? The Lord has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? The last few weeks we've been talking about Jesus calling disciples to join him in his mission. This is his mission. This is what he's doing. We don't get to decide Should our church focus on justice or should we be more focused on evangelism and outreach? There's no choice between sharing the gospel and being saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ versus doing service projects and public advocacy and witness. Because following Jesus means joining in what God is doing, joining in God's mission, getting involved in Jesus' liberating work. It's Jesus' fault. Eternal salvation includes this life. We care about justice. We care about inclusion. We care about loving our neighbors and working for their good because God cares about these things. I heard a pastor this week suggest that part of what walking humbly with God might mean is that we don't get to decide who justice and mercy are for. We don't get to decide which neighbors we love, who's worthy of justice, who is worthy of being included. We don't get involved in causes because they're trendy or because, heaven forbid, some politician says we should. We don't make a contribution or go to a protest or something because some other group or even the synod says that we ought to. We act and we care because Jesus tells us to. Another one of those really famously challenging Bible verses, James 2.17 says, Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. And that doesn't mean that we earn our way to heaven. It means that what we believe affects the way that we live. And if what you believe has no effect on what you do the rest of the week, then it's fair to question, James says, if you believe it at all or if it's just an empty religious exercise. Jesus says the same thing, right? He has come, he says, to fulfill the law, to bring God's kingdom into being, to redeem the world, to reconcile the world. Jesus doesn't wipe this away. Jesus calls us into this work, doing justice, loving mercy, fighting racism, welcoming immigrants, standing up for prisoners and veterans and the mentally ill and the poor, caring for widows and orphans and the elderly, sheltering the homeless. These are not things that we do as growth strategies. I do believe people are drawn to churches that engage in the work of justice. People want to be a part of churches filled with people who care about what Jesus says to do, people who engage in the world and make a difference. But that's not the point. The point is that this is who God calls us to be. This is what God calls us to do. Giving away our money as benevolence to others makes little sense when we have budget deficits. But we aren't here for ourselves. We're here for our neighbors to reflect God's light, to be that salt and light in the world. Micah lays out what it means to be the body of Christ. This is who we are, who the Holy Spirit equips us to be. 
As followers of Jesus, we are called to be the light of the world, the city on a hill, and we shine our lights by acting in the world, by living out God's justice while pointing to God, the source of our light, saying this is Jesus' fault. God calls us, Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth. Robin Brown writes, salt changes whatever it touches. Light transforms the darkness. Salt preserves and purifies and flavors. Light illumines and brightens and ignites. The church is here to affect the world. The church is here to change the world. God is working through you, building the kingdom. God is changing our lives, orienting us towards loving our neighbors. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. May God give us the strength and the courage to obey in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.